The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 8th chapter. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may remain standing. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you remain in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Today we commemorate the Reformation. And one of the greatest consequences of the Reformation was that Western Christendom was divided. Prior to the Reformation, the Christians in Europe were united under the Pope and the bishops who were under him. After the Reformation, there continued to be Christians under the Pope and the bishops, but there were also other Christians who no longer recognized the legitimacy of the Pope and the bishops. And as you might be aware, this division continues on to the present day. There continue to be Roman Catholics who are under the Pope and the bishops, and then there are also Protestants, Lutherans included, who do not recognize the Pope or bishops as having any divine authority over us. Although the Reformation is a very large topic, and we could spend many hours discussing the history and the issues involved, the fact that Christendom was split is a good way to get at what is especially important about the Reformation. Martin Luther's rejection of the divine authority of the Pope and the bishops is what made him so despised at the time. The Pope and the bishops would have been willing to put up with an awful lot, but they would not tolerate a Christendom existing outside of their jurisdiction. And as I mentioned, Christendom remains divided to this very day. Therefore, at least among traditional Roman Catholics who have an understanding of church history, Martin Luther is an arch-villain. Martin Luther broke the power of the Pope over the peoples of Europe. Prior to the Reformation, the Pope was able to keep kings and princes and others in high authority in check by the power of his excommunication. After the Reformation, vast swaths of Europe no longer recognized his legitimacy, and he has never again 
had as much power. And it is not as though this were some unmitigated good. A vacuum of sorts was created with the loss of the Pope's power. What filled that vacuum was the power of kings and princes, and the church just continued to lose more and more power, and eventually the kings and princes were replaced by other forms of government, but those forms of government continued to keep all of that power. And today, maybe it's the corporations and the hedge funds that have all the power. And what power does the church have? Very little. The churches, regardless of the denomination, are very easily ignored. So it is not surprising that people who care about Christianity, who want Christianity to succeed, would, would trace the church's seeming impotence in today's world to Martin Luther. He broke the power of the Pope and the bishops. He divided Christendom. He's the reason why we are in the mess that we are in. But Martin Luther is terribly mischaracterized if he is believed to be some kind of revolutionary. If anything, he was the opposite. He didn't set out to destroy the power of the Pope or the bishops. He was quite content, in fact, to live under the Pope and the bishops. The problem, though, was that he was not content to live under the Pope and the bishops no matter what. If the Pope and the bishops were siding against Christ and against the truth, then that was the end of Luther's loyalty. This was how Luther broke the system that was in place. There was a system for handling disagreements that are bound to come up, a kind of chain of command. If a disagreement came up that a local priest couldn't handle, well, he could pass it on to the bishop. And if the bishop couldn't handle it, he could pass it on to the pope. And the Pope could usually handle it, but if he couldn't, he had the option of calling a church council, which would bring together all the bishops. Perhaps the most important part of this system was that whatever was decided by this structure needed to be followed by the people. And Luther was willing to go along with all of this. Again, he was no revolutionary. But if the end result of this chain of command was something false, then Luther wasn't willing to deny the truth for the sake of keeping the peace. And this is what stirred up all the trouble. Luther wouldn't give up on what was true. And this is where what we heard in our gospel reading really applies. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, then you truly are my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's Jesus' words that matter. Not the church's words, not the Pope's word, 
not even any Lutheran pastor's word. Jesus' word teaches what is true, and it's the truth that sets free. Not lies. Lies don't set free. The truth. And this is where we can easily find much applicability for us today. This is not just some history lesson so that you can better understand Lutheranism or the Reformation. The burning issue at the time of the Reformation remains the burning issue in our time too. Is the truth going to prevail among us or are we going to be content with lies? In fact, this has always been the issue since the very beginning, and it will remain the issue until the very end. The truth that God spoke to Adam and Eve was replaced with a lie. Adam and Eve, in fact, preferred the lie to the truth. God, however, was merciful to them and restored them in the truth. But as we see in Adam and Eve, it is always hard to come into the truth. When they heard God walking through the garden in the cool of the day, they had never been more scared or unhappy. They went and hid in the bushes to try to stay in the lie. It was painful for them to come into the light of God's judgment. They preferred the lie to the truth. And at the time of the Reformation, Luther could have avoided all kinds of trouble if only he would have left things as they were. If he had left those powerful officials alone, he could have lived out his days in peace and quiet. He would have been on the wrong side. He would have been an enemy of Christ and his truth. Instead, siding with those who are in power and for personal advantage, he also wouldn't have had peace with God. He would have had a guilty conscience, but sins and lies have a way of deadening the conscience so that eventually it doesn't bother us too much after a while. And so it is also for each one of us. Are we on Jesus' side or the devil's side? Are we fighting for the truth or are we content to live peaceably with lies? Being on Jesus' side is not easy. Jesus tells us that explicitly. He says, if you wish to be my disciple, then take up your cross and follow me. That doesn't sound like a very good deal. If you want to be his disciple, then a cross and suffering are going to be there. Jesus says more about being a disciple in our gospel reading today, too. If you remain in my word, then you truly are my disciple. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So it looks like we have a choice before us. We can either embrace the way of lying, or we can embrace the way of truth. The way of lying has its advantages. 
You can be unscrupulous. You can be extremely practical. Do whatever works, whatever works for you. If you're a good enough liar, you can keep on doing almost anything you want. Nobody will find out. And finally, after a long life of wickedness and covering it up, we can hope in one final lie that there won't be any judgment at the end of it. The way of truth is very different. It is uncomfortable, it is awkward, it can be embarrassing, it can be dangerous, it can mark you as a target for those who don't want to have their lies exposed. As Paul says, we are like sheep being led to slaughter. Going the way of truth looks like it isn't going to work. It looks like a bad deal. Jesus himself looked like such a failure as he was hanging on that cross. But on the other hand, there's nothing like the truth. It's divine. It sets us free. The truth of Christ, the truth of Christ's words speak of the hope for a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Not lies and darkness, but righteousness and love. We don't have to hide with the truth. We have forgiveness and righteousness in Jesus, which means that we don't have to lie. We know Jesus, and he has set us free. A lot of people have blamed Martin Luther for dividing Christendom, weakening it, allowing other forces to rise up with nobody to keep them in check. And these forces certainly are out there living it up with no fear of God or man. Our churches, in contrast, look weak. We have so very little clout in the world. But to dream of something different seems to me like the temptation when Jesus was shown all the kingdoms of the world and these can all be yours if only you will bow down and worship Satan. That's not the way of the truth. Salvation comes through the cross, not around it. So we do not need to dream of something different. We are fully equipped for the kingdom of God with the truth of Jesus' words. But we must make use of those words. If we reject Jesus' words, if we reject God's commandments, if we prefer lies and power to the truth, then we would be doing no good, even if we managed to become the biggest church in Fairmont with all the trappings of success, even if we managed to become as powerful as those medieval popes sitting atop the world, it would all be for naught. For that is not the way that the Church of Christ goes forward. The Church of Christ goes forward, as Jesus says, by remaining in his word, come what may. 
This necessarily means that we take up our cross and follow him. When we abide in Jesus' word, we ourselves will be saved and we will prove to be a light to others so that they also may be in Christ. The work goes on. Luther didn't fix things, that is, come up with some magic formulas so that there is no work. And he certainly didn't wreck everything either. The word of Christ, the truth that sets free, must be presented to every individual of every generation. We must be sure that we don't substitute what is false for what is true just because it looks easier or looks like it will work better. The truth is in Jesus. Please stand. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, then you truly are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. Amen.